The grave's a fine and quiet place, but none, I think, do there embrace. Andrew Marvel to his coy mistress. Richard Cecil is the author of four collections of poetry. He teaches in the English Department and the Honors College of Indiana University. Welcome to The Poet's Weave. I'm Christopher Citro. Richard, what do you have for us today? CNN.com Valentine. Skipping over snowstorm berries east, astronaut charged with attempted murder, and terror blast kills dozens, I click on Embracing Bones Discovered in Old Tomb and see two skeletons curved towards each other, like Romeo and Juliet, I think, before I read the tag beneath the picture. 6,000-year-old bones found near Verona. Right place, wrong time. These prehistoric lovers died many thousand years before Shakespeare's and maybe weren't lovers. They could be victims sacrificed to make spring rains return, or possibly they both caught flu and died on the same day and shared a burial to cut in half the cost of having two. But why arrange their arms and legs this way, curved toward each other, hands on each other's knees, as husbands like me curled toward their wives just after lights out in mid-February? Good night, hon. Oh, your hands are ice. So are your knees. Then sweet unconsciousness sneaks up with warmth and lasts all winter night, or, in this case, lasts for 6,000 years. Their bones, which used to hide beneath their flesh, as ours do now, though saying so sounds ghoulish, are beautifully preserved, jaws full of teeth and joints unworn by crippling old age. These skeletons aren't creepy, they're romantic. Coy mistress and her wooer in the tomb, proving Marvel wrong with their embrace. Glancing at them makes me envious, so well-preserved and eloquently posed, they come as close to everlasting love as artful human beings ever come, though not quite close enough for me to wish that I were with you, sweetie, in our tomb. Your darling bones are dearer, dressed with skin. Pep Talk Life ought to be more fun. Pre-birth, post-death, Eternities of nothingness stretch out. Unborn is not so bad. No pain, no loss. If you're fated to screw up like Oedipus, never to be born is best. Or is it? Oedipus enjoyed most of his life and seemed to revel in its tragic remnant whose torments made him eloquent and famous. But dead's the worst thing anyone can be, and everyone eventually will die and stay dead forever. In between... Pre- and post-existence, there's a party thrown just for you, with food and booze and sex. So why the glum expression? What's your problem? Passed over for promotion? Wages frozen? Looked in the mirror? Saw an ugly person? Think of this. Being dead is worse. Disagree? Go hang or shoot yourself. Pharaoh would trade places with the slaves who laid his coffin in his golden tomb. Dead editors would publish and promote collected works 
of any living author they'd brushed aside with blank rejection slips who'd trade being alive for publication. There is no fate worse than death, for if there were, only the dead would know, and they know nothing. Sadly, soon, you'll be as dumb as they are, but now you're not. You're brainier than Einstein, more beautiful than Marilyn Monroe, you can outcook Julia Child, outdrink Dean Martin, outdance Fred Astaire. They're all bones now. But look at you skin, internal organs, everything it takes to have great times. Everything except a quiet mind that doesn't whisper constantly you're doomed. You've been listening to poems by Richard Cecil on The Poet's Weave. I'm Christopher Citro.